Act Two of Trinumus, the Three Pieces of Money, by Titus Maccius Plautus, translated by Henry Thomas Riley, eighteen sixteen, eighteen seventy eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act the Second, Scene One. Enter Lysites. I am revolving many things in my mind at once, and much uneasiness do I find in thinking upon them. I tease and fret and wear myself out. A mind that enjoins a hard task is now my master. But this thing is not clear to me, nor has it been enough studied by me, which pursuit of these two I should rather follow for myself, which of the two I should think of the greater stability for passing my life therein whether it were preferable for me to devote myself to love or to aggrandizement, in which alternative there is more enjoyment of life in passing one's days. On this point I am not fully satisfied. But this I think I'll do, that I may weigh both the points together I must be both judge and culprit in this trial. I'll do so, I like it much. First of all, I will enlarge upon the pursuits of love how they conduce to one's welfare. Love never expects any but the willing man to throw himself in his toils. These he seeks for, these he follows up and craftily counsels against their interests. He is a fawning flatterer, a rapacious grappler, a deceiver, a sweet-tooth, a spoiler, a corrupter of men who court retirement, a prior into secrets. For he that is in love, soon as ever he has been smitten with the kisses of the object that he loves, forthwith his substance vanishes out of doors and melts away. Give me this thing, my honey, if you love me, if you possibly can. And then this gudgeon says, Oh, apple of my eye, be it so, both that shall be given you, and still more if you wish it to be given. Then does she strike while he is wavering, and now she begs for more. Not enough is this evil unless there is still something more. What to eat, what to drink, a thing that creates a further expense. The favor of a knight is granted. A whole family is then introduced for her. A wardrobe woman, a perfume keeper, a cofferer, fan bearers, sandal bearers, singing girls, casket keepers, messengers, news carriers. So many wasters of his bread and substance. The lover himself, while to them he is complacent, becomes a beggar. When I revolve these things in my mind, and when I reflect how little one is valued when he is in need, away with you, love, I like you not. No converse do I hold with you. Although tis sweet to feast and to carouse, love still gives bitters enough to be distasteful. He avoids the courts of justice, he drives away your relations, and drives yourself away from your own contemplation. Nor do men wish that he should be called their friend. In a thousand ways is love to be held a stranger, to be kept at a distance, and to be wholly abstained from. For he who plunges into love perishes more dreadfully than if he leapt from a rock. Away with you, love, if you please. Keep your own property to yourself. Love, never be you a friend of mine. Some there are, however, whom in their misery you may keep miserable and wretched, those whom you have easily rendered submissive to yourself. 
My fixed determination is to apply my mind to my advancement in life, although in that great labor is undergone by the mind. Good men wish these things for themselves. Gain, credit, and honor, glory, and esteem, these are the rewards of the upright. It delights me then the more to live together with the upright rather than with the deceitful promulgators of lies. Scene 2. Enter Flyto. Flyto looking about. Where has this man betaken himself out of doors from the house? Lysiteles coming up to him. I am here, father. Command me what you will, and I shall cause no delay to you, nor will I hide myself in any skulking place out of your sight. You will be doing what is consonant to the rest of your conduct, if you reverence your father. By your duty to me, my son, I wish you, for my sake, not to hold any converse with profligate men, either in the street or in the forum. I know this age, what its manners are. The bad man wishes the good man to be bad, that he may be like himself, the wicked, the rapacious, the covetous, and the envious, disorder and confound the morals of the age. A crew gaping for gain, they hold the sacred thing as profane, the public advantage as the private emolument. But these things do I grieve, these are the matters that torment me. These things am I constantly repeating, both day and night, that you may use a due precaution against them. They only deem it right to keep their hands off that which they cannot touch with their hands. As to the rest, seize it, carry it off, keep it, be off, and go hide. That is the word with them. These things, when I behold them, draw tears from me, because I have survived to see such a race of men. Why have I not rather descended to the dead ere this? For these men praise the manners of our ancestors, and defile those same persons whom they commend. With regard, then, to these pursuits, I enjoin you not to taint your disposition with them live after my fashion and according to the ancient manners what i am prescribing to you the same do you remember and practice i have no patience with these fashionable manners upsetting preconceived notions with which good men are now disgracing themselves if you follow these my instructions to you many a good maxim will take root in your breast from my earliest youth, even up to this present age, I have always, father, paid all submission to the injunctions you have given. So far as my nature was concerned, I considered that I was free. So far as your injunctions were concerned, I deemed it proper that my mind should pay all submission to you. The man who is struggling with his inclination from his earliest age, whether he ought to prefer to be so, as his inclination thinks it proper that he should be, or whether, rather so as his parents and his relations wish him to be, if his inclination conquers that man, it is all over with him. He is the slave of his inclination, and not of himself. But if he conquers his inclination, he truly lives, 
and shall be famed as a conqueror of conquerors if you have conquered your inclination rather than your inclination you you have reason to rejoice tis better by far that you should be such as you ought to be than such as pleases your inclination those who conquer the inclination will ever be esteemed better men than those whom the inclination subdues i have ever esteemed these maxims as the shield of my youthful age never to betake myself to any place where vice was the order of the day never to go to stroll about at night nor to take from another that which is his i have taken all precautions my father that i might not cause you uneasiness i have ever kept your precepts in due preservation by my own rule of conduct and do you reproach me because you have acted aright for yourself have you done so not for me my life indeed is nearly past this matter principally concerns your own keep on overlaying good deeds with other good deeds that the rain may not come through he is the upright man who is not content with it however upright and however honest he may chance to be he who readily gives satisfaction to himself is not the upright man nor is he really honest he who thinks but meanly of himself in him is there a tendency to well-doing for this reason father i have thought that since there is a certain thing that i wish for i would request it of you what is it i am already longing to give assent a young man here of noble family my friend and years mate who has managed his own affairs but heedlessly and unthinkingly i wish father to do him a service if you are not unwilling from your own means i suppose from my own means for what is yours is mine and all mine is yours what is he doing is he in want he is in want has he property he had how did he lose it was he connected with public business or with commercial matters had he merchandise or wares to sell when he lost his property none of these what then in faith my father by his good nature besides to indulge his tastes he wasted some part of it in luxury by my truth now a fellow is spoken of boldly and as one on familiar terms one indeed who has never dissipated his fortune by any good means and is now in want i cannot brook that with qualities of that description he should be your friend tis because he is without any bad disposition that i wish to relieve his wants he deserves ill of a beggar who gives him what to eat or to drink if he both loses that which he gives and prolongs for the other a life of misery i do not say this because i am unwilling and would not readily do what you desire but when i apply these expressions to that same person i am warning you beforehand so to have compassion on others that others may not have to pity you i am ashamed to desert him and to deny him aid in his adversity in truth shame is preferable to repentance by just as many letters as it consists of in good sooth father by the care of the gods and of my forefathers and your own 
I may say that we possess much property honestly obtained. If you do a service to a friend, it ought not to make you repent that you have done so. It ought rather to cause you shame if you do not do it. If from great wealth you subtract something, does it become more or less? Less, father. But do you know what is wont to be repeated to the niggardly citizen? That which thou hast, mayest thou not have, and mayest thou have that misfortune which thou hast not, since thou canst neither endure it to be enjoyed by thyself nor by another. I know, indeed, that so it usually is. But, my son, he is the truly niggardly man that has naught with which to pay his dues. By the care of the gods we have, father, both enough for us to enjoy ourselves, and with which to do kind offices to kind-hearted men. Troth, I am not able to refuse you anything that you ask of me. Whose poverty do you wish to relieve? Speak out boldly to your father. That of this young man Lesbonicus, the son of Carmides, who lives there. He points to the house of Carmides. Why, hasn't he devoured both what he had and what he had not? Censure him not, my father. Many things happen to a man which he likes many too which he does not like troth you say falsely son and you are doing so now not according to your usual wont for the prudent man he faith really frames his own fortunes for himself many things therefore do not happen which he does not like unless he is a bungling workman much labour is requisite for this workmanship in him who seeks to be a clever workman in fashioning his life but he is still very young. Not by years, but by disposition is wisdom acquired. Age is the relish of wisdom. Wisdom is the nutriment of old age. However, come, say what you wish now to give him. Nothing at all, father. Do you only not hinder me from accepting it if he should give anything to me? And will you be relieving his poverty by that, if you shall accept anything of him? By that very means, my father. Faith, I wish that you would instruct me in that method. Certainly. Do you know of what family he is born? I know. Of an extremely honourable one. He has a sister, a fine young woman now grown up. I wish, father, to take her without a portion for my wife. A wife without a portion? Just so. Your riches saved as well. By these means you will be conferring an extreme favour on him, and in no way could you help him to greater advantage. Am I to suffer you to take a wife without a portion? You must suffer it, father, and by these means you will be giving an estimable character to our family. I could give utterance to many a learned saying, and very fluently too. This old age of mine retains stories of old and ancient times. But since I see that you are courting friendship and esteem for our family, although I have been opposed to you, I thus give my decision. I will permit you. Ask for the girl and marry her. May the gods preserve you to me. But to this favour add one thing? But what is this one thing? I will tell you. Do you go to him, do you solicit him, and do you ask for her yourself? Think of that now. You will transact it much more speedily, 
all will be made sure of that you do. One word of yours in this matter will be of more consequence than a hundred of mine. See now how, in my kindness, I have undertaken this matter. My assistance shall be given. You really are a kind father. This is the house here he dwells. He points to the house of Carmides. Lesbonicus is his name. Mind and attend to the business. I will await you at home. Exit. Scene 3. Falto alone. These things are not for the best, nor as I think they ought to be. But still, they are better than what is downright bad. For this one circumstance consoles myself and my thoughts. Namely, that he who counsels in the respect to a son nothing else but that which pleases himself alone, only plays the fool. He becomes wretched in mind, and yet he is no nearer bringing it about. He is preparing a very inclement winter for his own old age when he arouses that unseasonable storm. The door of the house of Carmides opens. But the house is open to which I was going. Most conveniently, Lesbonicus himself is coming out of doors with his servant. Falto retires to a distance. Scene 4. Enter Lesbonicus and Stasimus. Tis less than fifteen days since you received from Callicles forty minae for this house. Is it not as I say, Stasimus? When I consider, I think I remember that it was so. What has been done with it? It has been eaten and drunk up, spent away in unguents, washed away in baths. The fishmonger and the baker have carried it off. Butchers, too, and cooks, greengrocers, perfumers, and poulterers. T'was quickly consumed, if faith that money was made away with not less speedily than if you were to throw a poppy among the ants. By my troth, less has been spent on those items than six minae. Besides, what have you given to your mistresses? That I am including as well in it. Besides, what have I pilfered of it? Aye, that item is a very heavy one. That cannot so appear to you, if you make all due deductions, unless you think that your money is everlasting. Aside. Too late and unwisely, a caution that should have been used before, after he has devoured his substance, he reckons up the account too late. The account, however, of this money is by no means clear. If faith, the account is very clear. The money's gone. Did you not receive forty minhai from Callicles? Did he not receive from you the house in possession? Very good. Filto aside. Truth, I think our neighbour has sold his house. When his father shall come from abroad... His place is in the beggar's gate, unless perchance he should creep into his son's stomach. There were a thousand Olympic drachmae paid to the banker, which you were owing upon account. Those, I suppose, that I was security for? Say, rather, those that I paid down for that young man whom you used to say was so rich. It was so done. Yes, just to be squandered away. 
that was done as well. But I saw him in a pitiable state, and I did have pity on him. You have pity on others, and you have neither pity nor shame for yourself. Falto aside. Tis time to accost him. Is this Filto that is coming here? Troth, tis he himself. Ifaith, I could wish he was my slave together with his savings. Filto right heartily wishes health to both master and servant, Lesbonicus and Stasimus. May the gods give you, Filto, whatever you may wish for. How is your son? He wishes well to you. In good sooth, he does for me what I do for him in return. Stasimus aside. That phrase, he wishes well, is worthless, unless a person does well too. I too wish to be a free man. I wish in vain. He perhaps might wish to become frugal. He would wish to no purpose. My son has sent me to you to propose an alliance and bond of friendship between himself and your family. He wishes to take your sister for his wife. And I have the same feelings, and I desire it. I really don't understand your ways. Amid your prosperity, you are laughing at my adversity. I am a man. You are a man. So may Jupiter love me. I have neither come to laugh at you, nor do I think you deserving of it. But as to what I said, my son begged me to ask for your sister as his wife. It is right that I should know the state of my own circumstances. My position is not on an equal footing with yours. Seek some other alliance for yourselves. Sisamus to Lesbonicus. Are you really sound in mind or intellect to refuse this proposal? For I perceive that he has been found for you a very friend in need. Get away hence and go hang yourself. Faith, if I should commence to go, you would be forbidding me. Unless you want me, Filto, for anything else, I have given you my answer. I trust, Lesbonicus, that you will one day be more obliging to me than I now find you to be. For both to act unwisely and to talk unwisely, Lesbonicus, are sometimes neither of them profitable. Troth, he says what's true. I will tear out your eye if you add one word. Troth, but I will talk, for if I may not be allowed to do so as I am, then I will submit to be called the one-eyed man. Do you now say this, that your position and means are not on an equal footing with ours? I do say so. Well, suppose now you were to come to a building to a public banquet, and a wealthy man, by chance, were to come there as your neighbour. The banquet is set on table, one that they style a public one. Suppose that dainties were heaped up before him by his dependents, and suppose anything pleased you that was so heaped up before him, would you eat, or would you keep your place next to this wealthy man, going without your dinner? I should eat, unless he were to forbid me doing so. But I... By my faith, even if he were to forbid me, 
would eat and cram with both cheeks stuffed out and what pleased him that in especial would i lay hold of beforehand nor would i yield to him one jot of my very existence at table it befits no one to be bashful for there the decision is about things both divine and human you say what is the fact i will tell you without any subterfuge i would make place for him on the highway on the footpath in the canvas for public honours but as to what concerns the stomach by my truth not this much shows the breadth of his fingernail unless he should first have thrashed me with his fists with provisions at the present prices a feast is a fortune without encumbrances always lesbonicus do you take care and think this that that is the best according as you yourself are the most deserving if that you cannot attain to at least be as near as possible to the most deserving and now lesbonicus i wish you to grant and accept these terms which i propose and which i ask of you the gods are rich wealth and station befits the gods but we poor mortal beings are as it were the salt cellar for the salt of life the moment that we have breathed forth this the beggar is held of equal value at acheron with the most wealthy man when dead Sisymus aside it will be a wonder if you don't carry your riches there with you when you are dead you may perhaps be as good as your name imports now that you may understand that position and means have no place here and that we do not undervalue your alliance i ask for your sister without a marriage portion may the matter turn out happily do i understand her to be promised why are you silent oh immortal gods what a proposal why don't you say may the gods prosper it i agree stesimus aside alas when there is no advantage in the expression he used to say i agree now when there is advantage in it he is not able to say so since you think me philto worthy of an alliance with you i return you many thanks but though this fortune of mine has sadly diminished through my folly i have philto a piece of land near the city here that i will give as a portion to my sister for after all my follies that alone besides my existence is left me really i care nothing at all about a portion i am determined to give her one stesimus whispers to lesbonicus and are you ready master to sever that nurse from us which is supporting us take care how you do it what are we ourselves to eat in future lesbonicus to stesimus once more will you hold your tongue am i to be rendered accountable to you Stasimus aside we are evidently done for unless i devise something or other philto i want you he removes to a distance and beckons philto if you wish aught stasimus 
Step a little this way. By all means. I tell you this in secrecy, that neither he nor anyone else may learn it of you. Trust me boldly with anything you please. By gods and men, I warn you, not to allow that piece of land ever to become yours or your son's. I'll tell you my reasons for this matter. Troth, I should like to hear them. First of all, then, when at any time the ground is being ploughed, in every fifth furrow the oxen die. Preserve me from it. The gate of Acheron is in that land of ours. Then the grapes, before they are ripe, hang in a putrid state. Lesbonicus in a low voice. He's persuading the man to something, I think. Although he's a rogue, still he is not unfaithful to me. Hear the rest. Besides that, when elsewhere the harvest of wheat is most abundant, there it comes up less by one-fourth than what you have sowed. Ah, bad habits ought to be sown on that spot, if in the sowing they can be killed. And never is there any person to whom that piece of land belongs, but that his affairs turn out most unfortunate. Of those to whom it has belonged, some have gone away in banishment, some are dead outright, some again have hanged themselves. See, this man now to whom it belongs, how he has been brought to a regular backgammoned state. Preserve me from this piece of land. Preserve me from it. You would say still more if you were to hear everything from me, for there every other tree has been blasted with lightning. The hogs die. There, most shockingly of inflammation in the throat, the sheep are scabby, as bare of all wool. See, as is this hand of mine, and then, besides, there is not one of the Syrian natives, a race which is the most hardy of men, who could exist there for six months, so surely do all die there of the solstial fever. I believe, Stasimus, that it is so, but the Campanian race much outdoes that of the Syrians in hardiness. But really... That piece of land, as I have heard you describe it, is one to which it were proper for all wicked men to be sent for the public good, just as they tell of the islands of the blessed, where all meet together who have passed their lives uprightly. On the other hand, it seems proper that all evildoers should be packed off there, since it is a place of such a character. "'Tis a very receptacle of calamity, what need is there of many words? Look for any bad thing whatsoever there, you may find it. But, i' faith, you may find it there, and elsewhere, too. Please take care not to say that I told you of this. You have told it me in perfect secrecy. For he, indeed, 
pointing at Lesbonicus, wishes it to be got rid of from himself, if he can find any one to impose upon about it. If faith, this land shall never become my property. Aye, if you keep in your senses. Aside. If faith, I have cleverly frightened the old fellow away from this land. For if my master had parted with it, there is nothing for us to live upon. Lesbonicus, I now return to you. Tell me, if you please, what has he been saying to you? What do you suppose? He is a man. He wishes to become a free man, but he has not the money to give. And I wish to be rich, but all in vain. Stesimus aside. You might have been if you had chosen now, since you have nothing. You cannot be. What are you talking about to yourself, Stasimus? About that which you were saying just now. If you had chosen formerly, you might have been rich. Now you are wishing too late. No terms can be come to with me about the marriage portion. Whatever pleases you, do you transact it yourself with my son. Now, I ask for your sister for my son. And may the matter turn out well. What now? Are you still considering? What about that matter? Since you will have it so, may the gods prosper it. I promise her. Never, by my truth, was a son born so ardently longed for by any one, as was that expression, I promise her, when born for me. The gods will prosper all your plans. So I wish. Come this way with me, Lesbonicus, that a day may be agreed on for the nuptials, in the presence of Lysiteles. This agreement we will ratify on that same day. Exit Philto. Now, Stasimus, go you there. Points to the house which he has sold to Callicles. To the house of Callicles, to my sister. Tell her how this matter has been arranged. I will go. And congratulate my sister. Very well. Tell Callicles to meet me. But rather do you go now. That he may see what is necessary to be done about the portion. Do go now. For I have determined not to give her without a portion. But rather do you go now. And I will never allow it to be a detriment to her by reason of... Do be off now. My recklessness. Do go now. It seems by no means just, but that, since I have done wrong... Do go now. It should be chiefly a detriment to myself. Do go now. Oh, my father, and shall I ever see you again? Do go now. Go. Go now. I am going. Do you take care of that which I have asked you? I shall be here directly. Exit Lesbonicus. Scene 5. Stesimus. At length I have prevailed on him to go. In the name of the immortal gods, if faith, tis a matter well managed by wrongful means of performance, inasmuch as our piece of land is safe, although 
even now tis still a very doubtful matter what may be the result of this affair but if the land is parted with tis all over with my neck i must carry a buckler in foreign lands a helmet too and my baggage he will be running away from the city when the nuptials have been celebrated he will be going hence to extreme and utter ruin somewhere or other to serve as a soldier either to asia or cilicia i will go there looking at the door of the house bought by Calicles, where he has ordered me to go although i detest this house ever since he has driven us out of our abode exit into the house of carmides end of act two